Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to episode 34 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where I'll be breaking down the big news items from week two. If you've been following the NFL, you'll have seen that there were a big swathe of injuries yesterday, the speedy recovery to everyone who was injured. Um, and that's going to have really big fantasy impacts. There's some well uh, well established stud players who are injured. Um, I'm sure you would have heard of some of those. So we'll be talking about the impact of those injuries and um, who to target on the waivers uh, or maybe even trade for if you're in a win now position. So with me to break it all down, I have Chiggs. Hey, hey. Hey, Chiggs. Uh, Mo and Paul cannot join, unfortunately, today. Uh, Mo is actually flying back home to rainy Charlotte, and uh, Paul has commitments, but they'll be back with us soon. So, Chiggs, we were together uh, in our little bubble yesterday, watching the uh, watching the um, action, and just couldn't believe the injuries piling up. Uh, I, I've never seen a Sunday like it. Can you remember anything like that? No, I mean, absolute carnage. It's crazy, you know, literally, you know, you see normally red zone, you're flicking between touchdowns and, you know, the action. And actually, it was more other players gone down. Obviously, we were watching um, the early slate and obviously the 49ers one by one. I mean, I feel sorry for that team, obviously, without Kittle this week and um, Debo Samuel, obviously, already out as well. Yeah, and just yeah, obviously, yeah, most that broke off that brilliant run. Literally, I think the first player of the game, or yeah, the first drive of the game, maybe. Um, yeah, he's come off injured. Um, obviously, the defensive side as well, Jimmy G. Uh, so yeah, I think the 49ers probably bore the brunt of it, but yeah, injuries all across the slate. It, it was tough to watch um, 49ers and even Broncos as a Broncos fan. You know, we'll go through some of the injuries, but. We've already lost Von Miller for the season. There's a couple of really big ones on on offense in particular. It's, just, it's going to be hard where you don't have that depth. But um, I mean, well, this be... is the thing, right? Like, obviously, Michael Thomas was out with the uh, the high ankle sprain for this week. You know, and by and large, people are saying he's going to probably be out to three to four weeks. I know they haven't put him on IR, but you know, this is a guy you're taking in top five, top six picks. In your in your in your leagues, whether that's dynasty or redraft, um, that's that's really going to hurt you, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then obviously this week, um, Saquon, right? And that's not only now for a few. At least with Michael Thomas, he should come back and better help you. But you know, you're taking Saquon probably number two overall behind CMC in in a redraft, probably three or four in a in a superflex dynasty. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's going to hurt. It's a crazy thing. So you're talking, you know, just the three players you've mentioned there, three of the top five, certainly non-superflex startup. Whether you're talking dynasty or redraft, uh, CMC, Barkley, and Michael Thomas. So Michael Thomas looks like he's out for a few more weeks. The big one, of course, was Saquon Barkley. He's on IR. Uh, he's going to miss the whole season. Um, torn ACL, I believe it was. Really, really rough. Um, Injury and the crazy thing was the play before, literally the play before, he was landed on his um, elbow and they thought it could be an elbow injury. Then he came back and then the very next play is um, his ACL's gone. So thoughts with Saquon, hopefully as a speedy recovery um, and obviously an elite talent, 
coming out of college and then in the NFL. Uh, but as a fantasy owner, that is going to hurt, especially after last season and all the time he missed. And um, I mean, in fact, Chig's in one of the leagues where you've had quite a lot tough, <laughs> yeah. tough luck. You know, it's a keeper league that I run. The first league me and you ever played in together and your three keepers were George Kittle, Michael Thomas and Saquon Barkley. So it's tough to do. Tough. Um, so Saquon's out. The, the next man or men up are probably Dion Lewis or Wayne Goldman. Any of those you think have fantasy value in redraft or in dynasty? I suppose um, we're talking for just this season. Yeah, for this season, obviously you want to be in for these guys, pick them up. You know, I think there is going to be, you know, we've already seen it, just a shortage of running backs. So at least with these guys, you know, there's going to be the workload there. Um, Dion Lewis, for me, probably the the better value pick just because of his pass catching ability and what we've seen him do in New England and, and Tennessee. I know he didn't really like the world up, but, you know, we know he's got that, that pass catching ability. Um, obviously, Wayne Gorman, did well in, I think, a couple of games last year when Saquon was out. Um, the problem is going to be, right, is um, I think we talked about it before in terms of the Giants' schedule, uh, at least for the first half of the season, was going to be very tough. right? So that was tough with a generational talent like Saquon there. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't, don't be expecting Gorman or Dion Lewis to be putting up good numbers now that they've just got a starting, starting gig, you know. We saw Saquon struggle last week against the Steelers, and that's a real sort of tough matchup. But you know, they're they're more pick them up for depth. You know, you probably will end up having to play them at some point, just with you know the more and more injuries are going on. Yeah, you play them, and you just hope for a touchdown. Really, yeah. um, you know, otherwise you're looking down the barrel at three to four points, maybe five or six um, in a PPR, but. Um, yeah, you know, that, that O-line is not very good. I mean, Saquon is a very good runner, but even he struggled in week one, um, you know, when they played the Steelers. Now, Steelers obviously a good defense, but Saquon struggled. So I can't see much production from a Goldman or a Dion Lewis personally. Yeah. Um, so then the other, obviously, top two pick in most leagues was CMC. Um, I finally got a share of CMC, having never had him, and now he's out for four to six weeks as well um at least with him at some point he'll be back so you just got to try and cope through the situation um next man up in that situation are mike davis and trenton cannon any interest in either davis or cannon again mike davis um you know we've seen him before with uh seattle and he obviously joined the bears last year i think it was yeah um didn't obviously do anything but Again, you know, decent pass catcher. Um, again, just volume, right? I mean, CMC didn't have a great game and still put up close to 25 to 30 fantasy points yesterday. Um, you know, that's, that's a, you know, it wasn't a CMC game, but, you know, it's still brilliant. You know, again, you're not going to get that same level with Mike Davis. But again, it seems to be that their game plan revolves around that. Yeah, I mean, certainly they'll be passing more, you'd think, now um, mm. without talent like CMC. But Mike Davis was good yesterday. You know, after C yeah. He had eight targets, eight receptions, 74 yards. 
in PPR terms, that's 11, 12 points. It's not bad, you know, for a guy of the waiver wire. I'm certainly more confident about somebody like Davis in a PPR than I am Trenton Cannon. Um, maybe Cannon gets a bit of work and carries, but uh, he just doesn't have that dynamism that CMC has. Maybe nobody does. And so it's going to be hard to get any value there. Uh, Michael Thomas, we, we were saying with high ankle sprains, they're normally sort of a three to four week injury. Uh, he's obviously a very good athlete. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens today with Thomas out and how that's going to change not only the way the Saints line up, but also the way the opposition in the Raiders line up. Um, it's hard to predict as we've not seen them, but any players there you think will have fantasy value or will step up in uh, Thomas's absence? I mean, we, we've talked about it in, in pre-season as well, but how much we all liked um, Emmanuel Sanders as a late-round uh, pickup, you know, in, in your leagues because, you know, the number two receiver there, you know, and he, and he started off the season, you know, really well. Um, the other guy to look out for on your waiver wire, if you can, is Traycon Smith. You know, the, the talent's there. Seen it in flashes, but hasn't managed to put it all together. But, now, hopefully he's going to get some. I think he was quite heavily targeted in in week one. Mm. If he can get that same sort of volume, obviously with Thomas out, and you know can convert some of that, even from a dynasty perspective, maybe then they they see that in him and he becomes the number two guy there after Sanders kind of leaves. You know. Yeah, but it's... again, <clears throat> you're you're running the gauntlet, right? You know, it's 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 going to be inconsistent, but Saints offense, the upside's there, so. I'm actually starting Traquan in a, a league in a PPR. It's a dynasty league, but um, if he's on your waivers and you've got a player in a redraft or keeper league that you don't think you're going to be playing much, it might be worth adding him as a speculation before he becomes subject to waivers, uh, mm-hmm. just in case he does anything. And if he, you know, craps the pull and you can drop him and <laughs> maybe go for someone like a Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. Well, Instead. he was um he was he was lining it up in preseason, right? I actually added him um, in a couple of dynasty leagues. You know, once the draft's done, you know, you can you can I think add another five players and cut them before the season. And, <clears throat> right. You know, he um I, I did that. I ended up cutting him. I'm actually gonna have a look right now to see if he's still there. And I can pick him up. Um, but yeah, he, again, very from a dynasty perspective, definitely. I think I think. Even redraft, I think there's probably better options in redraft. You know, I don't expect Thomas to be out for too much longer, but. Yeah, Yeah, uh, fair enough. Next one, uh, so I did mention it earlier, Cortland Sutton has been announced that he's going to be on IR as well. Um, Another leg injury. So it's a bit of a, it sucks as a Broncos fan with the injuries we've faced this year, but. With Sutton on IR and Jerry Judy didn't return to the game, I don't believe either. They've not said that it looks like a long-term thing, but I think Judy will be around. Uh, I see a lot of value for Jerry Judy, particularly uh, from a receiver's perspective. The other names out there are KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton. Any of those names you think could be relied on in uh, in a season-long capacity? Mm, no, I'm not too sure obviously KJ Hamler was the the um the speculative 
you know, Penn State guy, the speed that you've added, uh, the rookie. Um, yeah. I'm not sure really projects to sort of fill in for Sutton. No, of all those, Tim Patrick Tim probably Patrick. more has the frame of a, you know, an ex-receiver. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's no Cortland Sutton. I think the, the name to look out for, and you saw the benefits of this yesterday, I mean, you're up for a monster score in one of our dynasty leagues, is Noah Fant. Yeah. Uh, I think Noah Fant's going to be targeted heavily. Um, and with Sutton out and maybe even Judy, maybe worth uh, looking out for Albert O on your dynasty leagues, particularly if it's a tight end premium. Chances are he's probably taken. But with roster cuts and him starting the season injured, if he's out there, it might be worth just keeping an eye on him. At the end of the day, okay, Locke's not there, but he was, uh, you know, his receptions went up year on year. We talked about that um, before. And uh, I think no offense going to eat. I really do. If he's still somehow available on your um, season-long leagues, I think he's going to be a tight end one for the year. So you want to target him. You know, unless you've got, God, I don't know, like Andrews and Kittle, and you don't need extra uh, bench depth. But otherwise, I think Fant is the guy there. There's also Jake Butt, but I think, um, especially with Pat Sherman now as the offensive coordinator, watch out for a lot of um, two tight end, three tight end sort of plays, either where we're trying to increase the blocking and get the run game going through Melvin Gordon or using the tight ends as receptions um and jake butt also came with that pedigree as a receiving um tight end he's obviously not been able to stay fit at all so time will tell if he'll be able to do anything but again if you've got deep rosters jake butt albert oh um i I don't want to try and say his name because i know i'll get it wrong but uh, just names to look out for because in this crazy season who knows you know who else could go go down dare i say um 49 is uh, you touched on it earlier so Raheem Mostert had an amazing 80 odd yard touchdown he went down with an MCL injury I'm guessing that means he's going to miss a couple of weeks Tevin Coleman went down with a knee injury so that's their run game um impacted of course then there's um we'll we'll talk about him later but Jimmy Garoppolo he's out with a high ankle so that's probably a couple of weeks Unless they try and protect him, you know, he's not the most mobile of quarterbacks. But before we move on to quarterback and defense, what's the running game looking like for you now for the 49ers? Um, I'll tell you what, I mean, just before we touch on that, there's one guy sitting there that, you know, obviously you're never going to want people to get injured. But, you know, from the fallout of all of this, there's one guy rubbing his hands, right? And that's Devonta Freeman. So... You know, he's been sitting there waiting for a, a team, you know, that's going to need an experienced running back. He's now got his pick. Um, so one thing I would say is if you can go and find Devonta Freeman, if he's still available on your waivers, absolutely go lock him up ASAP. Um, yeah, and let's not forget who who he was most effective with. It was Carl Shanahan at right. Atlanta. Exactly. So and a and very, very thing, good fit there. Like. I I feel so bad for the 49ers, especially Raheem Meistert as well, because you know he had his contract situation in the in the off season, got that sorted out. People people don't give him the credit he deserves. You know he put up fantastic um, end to last season, had a great start to this year, and you know it was looking like one of those 
a league winner, you know, early early shout for, but you know, you're picking up in the fifth, sixth round probably of your drafts and start mm. you know, redrafts. Obviously, dynasty starts even later, but he was the main guy there. Um, so obviously, that voice has gone down. Tevin Coleman hasn't really looked like um, back he was in Atlanta um, since since he's been with the 49ers. Um, so for me, the, the main guy and sort of talked him up off season and got shares of him where I could was the forgotten man of Jarek McKinnon. Mm. He showed it yesterday. I think you were starting him in a league, right? Where he um, he looks he looks good, you know, from a PP, that PPR ability, catch the ball. Um, I think he scored a touchdown as well, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, on the third and thirty-one, was it? I think, or was, am I talking think of different plays? But either way, I think McKinnon's a a must add, That's a must true. own in every uh, season long in um, dynasty. Dynasty as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's he's a must own at the moment. I said I've got him in one of the season long leagues where I was really struggling without running backs. I've just got a bit of a mishmash of running backs there outside of Nick Chubb and. Um, started McKinnon and yeah he did the job uh it might be that they especially if Nick Mullins is in or CJ Bethard I mean Mullins didn't look great but they had a big lead so he didn't have to do much but uh yeah tough situation tough situation there I mean they've also got Jeffrey Wilson Jermichael Hasty. let's see if anything happens um for one of those but I think unless they sign a Freeman then next man up is Jarek McKinnon and that's the back of all the backs that Carl Shanahan's been trying to get into his system for three yep. seasons now. So absolutely. Uh, well, he was the first guy he went and picked up, right? So, and unfortunately, obviously, back-to-back injuries um, in the last couple of seasons. But yeah, the talent's definitely there. I know Carl Shanahan really likes him, and you know, while I've seen him in the first two weeks, he's um, he's looking good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so next man, then next injury, I should say, Devontae Adams pulled a hamstring. Uh, didn't come back to the game. They haven't said at the moment how long he could be out for um, or anything, but um, you worried uh, if you're a Adams owner or are there any players that you think are really going to be able to step up now? Yeah. I mean, obviously Adams is Adams, right? And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is favourite weapon, especially the way Rodgers is currently playing as well. You know, it looks like the MVP level Aaron Rodgers um, Adams you know, relies on volume and you know touchdowns. That chemistry's there. Obviously, MVS and Alan Lazard are the next kind of guys. EQ and Brown as well. They're mm. not. They're not Devontae Adams. But at the same time, you know Rogers is that good a quarterback. He needs people to throw to. Definitely be looking to pick them up. You know, I was picking up Alan Lazard in a lot of places as my um, as the you know, the number two guy there. I think MVS probably at the moment looks like you know he's had a couple of good weeks actually. So, but yeah, but both of them go out and find them if you can. Oh, I don't think Adams will be out for too long, though, hopefully. No, um, I've got him in one of our leagues. So, in fact, a couple of the leagues um, that we're in. So, hopefully, it's not a big one. Paris Campbell. Here's a, here's a question for you though. In in a in a redraft league, I think we've t- we've talked about it. Um, yeah, I think we were talking about it yesterday in terms of trading Jonathan Taylor for either Nuke or Devante Adams. And you said, you know, you'd probably need a bit more on the Jonathan Taylor side to, to even it up. Yeah. Would that be something now that you may consider shifting 
Adams with the obviously being out for a few weeks with the injury for Jonathan Taylor. You think that's what evens that trade value up, or would you still want a premium? Uh, not while it's week two. Um, if it was week six, week seven, and you think you need that immediate impact for the playoff push, then it changes things. Um, so for me personally, I think Taylor's going to be fantastic this year in front of that O line. He looked good yesterday against a pretty good, you know, run defense in. Um, in the Vikings, yes, they're missing. Daniil Hunter and Anthony Barr um, got injured. But uh, I don't think I would yet. I think I need just a little bit more of a proven commodity. I mean, you know as much as anyone how high I am on Taylor. And that's me speaking as somebody who's very, very high on Jonathan Taylor. Um, I mean, that role we saw Naheem Hines have in week one kind of disappeared yesterday. Taylor yeah. was used in all capacities so that could that could still happen but just when we're talking about adams you're talking you know a top three to four receiver or a new copkins um top top three to four receiver so i don't know it just feels like i need a bit more um at the moment but you asked me the same question and if the same situation happened around week eight week nine you're trying to get into those playoff spots and you know you're 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 lingering in and around the playoff spots, I'd probably be more inclined before the trade deadlines to get something done and give me yep. a better chance. Um, that's, just, that's just my view at the moment. Um, maybe in league like our dynasty ones that I run, where it's 0.5 PPR for running backs and 1 PPR for wide receivers, it bridges the gap a, a little bit or the receiver side, uh, I'm talking later on in the season. So you might even be thinking of a lesser receiver than a Devontae Adams. But um, yeah, uh, Taylor's going to be awesome. Um, you know, and hopefully he can stay injury free. Really, for me, he was the number one running back coming out of college. Um, I know there's various opinions on Dobbins versus Akers versus Taylor versus CEH and Swift. But uh, Taylor was the guy I was always highest on, and I loved, absolutely loved, when he went to um, Indianapolis. Uh, so Paris Campbell, next man, speaking of the Colts, actually. Um, MCL, PCL, not sure what the diagnosis on those are, but I'm guessing that's probably another couple of weeks injury. It's a shame because he looked like he was getting into a bit of a groove there with Philip Rivers, seemed to be a good slot guy. Um, I think we saw Zach Pascal receive a touchdown. Would you start Zach Pascal while Paris Campbell's out? Again, it's yeah, desperation, really. You know, you're hoping there's going to be other guys available. Um, and I think at receiver, there generally are. There generally is, I should say. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think I think generally in most redraft leagues, you know, you'll probably find guys like Michael Pittman. And stuff like that, still available on waivers. Obviously, Dynasty League is a bit different. Um, yeah, so Zach Pascal is definitely a guy for a, a deeper, a deeper league, I'd say. Um, you know, he's probably floating around on a few people's rosters from the last few years, anyway. But um, yeah, I, I think there, I think there's probably better, more upside options, I'd say, out there. Yeah, than in for sure. Uh, so the next injury was actually Cam Akers. He, he, he had the first carries, in fact, for the Rams. He had the first series uh, in spite of the uh, efforts of Malcolm Brown um, last week. 
Brown himself got injured. He got a finger injury, but doesn't look like it's serious. With a rib injury, I can see Cam Akers missing at least um, a game. Uh, it may not, but they've got the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are going to blitz crap out of that team and try and get to Phil Rivers, try and put him under pressure. I don't think Rivers is. I uh, saw we're talking uh, Rams, aren't we? Uh, Jared Goff, just to test him, see how he performs. Uh, would you start Malcolm Brown next week if Akers is missing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think Daryl Henderson, um, it's, it's a messy backfield, right? I think I think Henderson got the, the majority of the touches yesterday, didn't he, after, after they went down. I think it had quite a good game. Just uh, it's just you know it's it's a, it's a messy one and um, but Brown you know Brown Brown had a good week one so you start again you start you're not you're probably not wanting to start him but probably more by necessity than, than anything else you are yeah um, I, I think he's he could be startable Rams seem to be clicking on offense at the moment actually two two productive um, scores they put thirty seven up yesterday against the Eagles and they put thirty to forty on the Cowboys as well in Week One. So yeah, uh, I, I, I like Browns. Yesterday, yeah, it was um, Daryl Henderson had twelve carries for eighty-one yards and a touchdown. Malcolm Brown eleven for forty-seven. Mm. Uh, Henderson had a couple of catches, uh, two catches of forty yards. So yeah, yeah, it was messy going into the season and, and it still is, but. Yeah, Malcolm Brown's. You know, obviously probably people have picked him up after week one, so you probably will be starting in a lot of leagues next week with all the injuries. Yep, I, th- I think so as well. Uh, Philip Lindsay looks like he could be out another week or so with a tough toe. Royce Freeman, any interest as a desperation play with Jeff Driscoll under centre? Well, I mean, he's the uh, the next quarterback listed on the depth chart, right? So. Uh... <laughs> It's uh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, Drew Locke, it's quite a wide range, but I've seen anything from two to six weeks. He's not been put on IR yet. But, I mean, against one of the best defences in the league, Driscoll looked okay. If you're short at quarterback in a super flex, chances are Driscoll's probably available on your waivers. I wouldn't blow your entire budget for somebody like a, a Jeff Driscoll or even uh, Nick Mullins, you know, with the 49ers. But... um Heck, if, if if you're the lock owner and you need a starting quarterback, maybe put in 15-20% of your budget on getting somebody like Driscoll for the next few weeks. Uh, yeah, Broncos have got a few tough games, but Driscoll looked okay for what that's worth, and he seemed to love targeting Noah Fant. So if you've got Fant as well, might be a good little double up there. Uh, Sterling Shepard. He he was out injured. He could be out for a week, maybe even up to three weeks. Next man up, or oh, in terms of targets, Darius Slayton seems to do well with uh, Daniel Jones. Anyway, not can't remember how he did exactly yesterday, but he didn't. He did nothing yesterday. I started him in uh, daily, and he was uh, he was terrible as all my receivers were. But um, <laughs> yeah, they're um, yeah. Evan Ingram was the you know, six for sixty-five as the main. Uh, main target yesterday but Golden Tate obviously back I think Darius Slayton still for me especially in the Dynasty League um, is the guy you want um, mm. 
you know, we've seen he's seen his upside. I think he had a couple of touchdowns last week. That sort of field stretching ability. He's got a nice rapport with Daniel Jones, but he is going to be a bit boom bust. Um, that O line's not great, and they obviously can't now protect him, can they? Yeah, and now obviously without Saquon as well, I think yeah they're going they're gonna they could be in contention for the uh, the first overall pick um, next year. Yeah, we were talking about the Jags, but the Jags have been competitive. The Jags have actually been very <laughs> competitive. They were worrying me a little bit yesterday. Um, had the uh, the Titans um, in my uh, accumulator. And that yeah. was getting a bit too close for comfort. But yeah, Gardner Minshew, you know, love his moxie. He's looking good. He's going to keep them in games for sure. Yeah, uh, very accurate. Again, um, you know, I think he only had four or five incomplete passes. Uh, so that that's a player, actually. Uh, if you're a streaming quarterback kind of fantasy player, that's the kind of player I'm keeping an eye on and looking looking at some of their sort of schedule uh, because I think Minshew's going to be airing the ball a lot. The defense isn't the best, um, but he looks good. He looks like he's got a good connection with um, DJ Chark, Keelan Cole seems to be doing okay. Tyler Eifert caught a nice touchdown pass yesterday as well. So I think yeah. Minshew's worth keeping an eye on if yeah, you're a streaming tight sure. end, um, a streaming QB. I mean, we've seen it as well, right? Last year with um, Jameis, Fitzmagic as well. Generally, you don't have to be the best or most accurate quarterback in the world to put up big fantasy numbers. You know, you want a team that. It's a bit suspect on defense. He's going to be you know, behind a lot and airing the ball out. And at least with Minshew as well, you know, he can he can use his feet, as we've seen, you know, rolling out of the pocket. And he's, the main thing is he's not turning the ball over. So actually, that that's super valuable. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Be um, you know, if you can pick him up as a, as a stash. What would you pay to try and get him in a dynasty superflex oh. league? Or would you? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one because if he if he plays well, then you know he's obviously going to give you the value that you you wanted him you know to be giving you, and he's going to be the main guy there probably the next few years, right? Because obviously the talk is he's going to flame out. They're going to get the number one pick next year, and therefore means Trevor Lawrence is coming in and Minshew's out, but. If he if he performs well, then they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. And it, by the sounds of it, they they like Minshew. You know, he's a, he's a leader. They sort of follow him, right? And the, the fans like him. And if he can keep keeping them in it and you know winning some games and stuff, I, I would be willing to to give up. You know, if 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 I was short at my second quarterback and I was a contender, mm-hmm. for sure I'd be I'd be looking to try and make moves for him. What I'd pay be tricky. From I mean, your way, from your way too early observations. I mean, we're two weeks in. Who do you think looks like they're most likely to get the number one pick from what you've seen so far? Uh, the Jets. Jets. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, in fact, I saw something earlier. I think it was on Bleacher Report that um, the Jets, uh, sorry, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are on the hot seat. You know, it's crazy to think. That they both think they're both in the same class, weren't they? Baker Mayfield is obviously the 
Number, number one, one number one pick, and Donald was number four or five with the Jets. Both and came with. Was Josh Allen also in that class? I think as well. Josh Allen was in that class as well. Lamar Jackson was in that class. Uh, Lamar Jackson was taken thirty-two, wasn't he, by the Ravens? Thirty-first or thirty-second, yeah, something. Yeah. Like that. Um, so it's crazy to think, you know, of all those QBs that Baker and. Uh, Allen are on the sorry, Donald are on the hot seat. The, the, the problem you've got right is um, someone like Baker. He he's shown it, and I think Donald, to be fair as well, has has shown flashes of that talent. Um, you know, I think I think I've said it to you as well before, but with uh, with Baker, he's he has he has never put up any elite numbers. You know, obviously, I think he you know. Rookie, I think he led rookies in, in touchdowns in, in his first season and stuff. But you're hoping with Stefanski coming in, sort of, you know, leaving a bit more on that kind of um, play action, which is obviously what Baker's kind of strong suit is, establish the run game and get Baker sort of um, using the play action. To be fair, Thursday night, he actually looked all right. So he, I think he can still kind of do it. I mm. think. And that's because I have faith in the coaching staff and the other weapons he's got there. Right? He's got two very, very good running backs, you know, two very, very good wide receivers, a very good tight end. Um, whereas if you look at the talent level around Darnold, they've got no one and they've got a terrible coach. So, yeah, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of... The Falcons, actually, when the Falcons got to the Super Bowl, um, they obviously haven't got the offensive mind of a Carl Shanahan there to run the system as such. But you've got a really, really good one-two punch in Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. Got a good tight end there in um, Austin Hooper, who's actually come from the Falcons. You've got good receivers in OBJ and Landry in particular. Uh, you know, with Falcons, you had... Um, Julio and Sanu, I believe, that mm-hmm. season. Um, yeah. So it reminds me a little bit of that, but it's just about how do you unearth that potential and make it into something? And I can see why there's a little bit of, um, not hostility, but just a little bit of pressure now being applied to Baker because um, he did miss a couple of easy throws. I think it was closer than it should have been. Uh, and the Browns did run all over the Bengals, uh, as we suspected they would. It was over 200 rushing yards, I believe, in total. So it'd be interesting to see how they do against defenses that are better at stopping the run, that they can't put 200-plus rushing yards on, and where Baker's throw, forced to throw, how he does. Um, I was just surprised to read that. I thought it's a bit too early yeah. for those kinds of observations. Maybe it is a bit of sensationalism. You know, I, I think it is. I think that is because also, right, I can't see the Browns being in contention for one of those top two picks. Right? No. So if you think the two guys coming out from college, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, um, all teams are going to be in for those guys. I can't see the Browns being in a position to be able to get those guys. And I can't see them then trading people away to you know to move up to get that no and to, to reboot again you know this was the whole you know they went through the whole reboot you know with um the picks that shashi brown had sort of accumulated and stuff um yeah i, I think i think it is just 
you know, the Browns haven't started. You know, they, 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 it's always their year, right? In terms of this is going to be a year they're going to turn the corner. Yeah. I think that, that frustration is just coming out. But, you know, I'll, I'd like to see them give, give them some time, let Stefanski kind of work, do his work there, and, you know, and we'll see maybe midway through the season how, how they're getting on. Yeah. And the other player, Sam Darnold, I would be infuriated if they put the blame on. Donald, because Gase has done nothing, nothing to help him uh, whatsoever. He's traded away his star defensive players, traded away his star receiver. Um, okay, they added Denzel Mims, uh, but you know he's been injured. They didn't even add any veteran of note. I mean, Brashad Perryman. You know what you've got in Brashad Perryman now. There's a reason he moves around the league so much. Um, so you know, Donald just hasn't got much to work with. Um, He's under pressure a lot. They can't protect him. I, I'm a big fan of Donald. I think he's a very good talent. But, you know, if you put him in that situation, he's young as well. He was quite young when he came into the league. I think he was 20, right, when he was drafted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is he now, 22, 23? He's still very young. Um, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be sad for him, but also quite angry as a fan of Donald if they were to pin the blame on him um, rather than, Look at look at where the problem really lies, which is the coaching staff for me. Absolutely, you know, if you look at it in terms of the youth and what have you, um, you know, probably come to it. But Justin Herbert yesterday looked looked excellent, right? And I think mm. that again largely comes down to the, the coaching staff. And you know, I think Anthony Lynn's a fantastic coach and what he's done there. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, they've always generally been plagued with some injuries, and they never quite have made that that jump to making the playoffs consistently and, and challenging, but, you know. Uh, and we'll cover not... it in our, um, we'll cover it in our betting podcast in the week. Yeah. But... I mean, obviously it wasn't too happy with that. But <laughs> the, I mean, the, the Chiefs, if they just covered the spread, me, you, Paul, Mo, we all would have won a nice bit of money there. Um, and I, and I think that's because Herbert played. I think he played with a lot more guts, um, and character than somebody like a Tyrod who's more traditionally a game manager would have. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, put his body on the line. So this was it. Well, obviously, obviously on the injury thing, Tyrod was um, ruled out just before the game. I think he had an injury in, in the warm-up, right? Some kind of chest injury, I think it was, to get out of the game. So, so Justin Herbert got sort of told you know, probably just before the game that he's now starting and came out and looked looked excellent. I thought, you know, he, he obviously made made a few mistakes, but I think he ran one in himself. He, um, I know they lost, which was, on, you know, I mean, obviously didn't really help us either way, but kind of weirdly was a kind of rooting for them after our, uh, our bet went down the sink. Yeah. And, um, you know, to I, be think, honest, I think, the, think they the, said they're going to go back to him. Well, I think they're going back to Tyrod, though, once he's, once he's back. But after that, I'm not sure how you can. I think it would be wise to. I still think it would be wise to. You don't want to put too much pressure. You know what the media are like with these young talent. You know, before you know it, they're being swarmed all over. I mean, if Tyrod starts making mistakes and doesn't really do the business, kind of like when, was it Keenum was dropped and Mayfield came in or Keenum got injured or whoever it was, Mayfield was forced to come in and you, he just played so well you couldn't drop him. Um, but I think it might be still better for them to protect um Herbert, but knowing that, you know, he's gone up against the Super Bowl champions and held his own 
the, yeah. the biggest mistake, maybe the mistake that killed him overall, was where he could have run it in for a first down. Yeah. And he's tried to force a pass in a tight yeah. window and he's been intercepted. Um, so that, that was, you know, the only thing that stood out. Everything else was like, wow, you know, impressive, impressive performance from a young quarterback. And even though it's a divisional rival, kind of like to see when, you know, rookies start playing well um, on their first opportunity. Mm. So some of the players then who we think are back soon, but probably would have cost you uh, this week if you own them. I know there's certainly one or two here who um, I can relate to. So Kenny Golladay, Sammy Watkins, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown. I think we're, they're all back Back soon. Any concerns over any of those? Uh, you know, playing them straight away from return. Um, Chris Godwin, no, it's obviously a concussion. Um, to Sammy Watkins, but left the game yesterday concussion. Generally, you know, that's quite a binary thing. You know, if, if you if you clear the protocol, you're in, and you, know, you should be fine. Thing with the guys like the AJ Browns and Kenny God, I think AJ Browns got some is it bruising on the knee. Kenny Godley's got a hamstring, is it? Mm. trouble with these is they can potentially obviously linger you know if they get rushed back too soon and stuff i think you just i think you're just going to see a lot more of this though with um with the lack of sort of pre-season and, and stuff you're going to get a few more players having these soft tissue injuries and it's going to be piling you have to look at it and it may harm your team but i think others are going through the same thing you just have yes. to hope that you know, the luck kind of sort of spread around a little bit, right? As as fans, not even just fantasy players, but as fans, you often disregard the importance of preseason because the starters only end up playing, uh, you know, about half of a game in week three. But when you add all the practice that's been missed, all the non-contact, also all the contact practice that's been missed, plus what you get in those, you know, in that half a game or three quarters. It just helps them get into that condition where they've got a little bit of um, those calluses uh, in the body, you know, a bit of the contact. And now, as you say, it's unfortunate you're seeing a lot of these injuries. And I just hope that it doesn't, that trend doesn't continue because while it makes things intriguing from a fantasy perspective and makes the waiver wires more um, valuable, you don't like to see players, especially you know, uh, well-established players uh, regularly getting injured because part of the fun of watching is for watching these superstar yeah. players, you know, like Devontae Adams and like Kenny Golladay and like Chris Godwin. So I think Godwin should be back. Sammy Watkins, that was a nasty hit, but not sure if they'll rush him back. AJ Brown, I think, should be back next week. All the signs are pointing that way. Anyway, in fact, if he's not, the biggest benefactor looked like it's Jonu Smith, not even Corey Davis. Jonu had a game for himself yesterday. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and then on the IDP side of things, uh, the 49ers' misery continued. Nick Bosa, I think he's got a torn ACL. He's not on IR yet, but I suspect he's going to go on IR. And then just to add salt to the wounds, the other defensive end, um, their first-round pick from a few years ago, Solomon Thomas, uh, is also out with an ACL injury. Uh, they've just signed Ziggy Anser, so I think that's a player to look out for on on your waivers if you play IDP. I think Ziggy Anser probably slots straight in 
to that starting lineup, especially with Bosa out for the longer term and Solomon Thomas probably out for a while as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Barr, in fact, while we're recording, it's just been announced that he's on he's on IR. So quite rough for rough for Anthony Barr. A player who had a good game yesterday um, was Eric Wilson. So I think Eric Wilson's a, a name to look out for in IDP circles. Um, there's a few sort of few linebackers there. It's just whether they try and sign a veteran or look for somebody else um, to play instead of Anthony Barr. Um, and then obviously they're missing uh, Daniel Hunter as well. So it was a rough day for the Vikings yesterday. Uh, they just weren't able to get anything started. Kirk Cousins, I think, had a career bad day yesterday. Are you still comfortable with starting Cousins in a Superflex? Yeah, I mean, I think you are right. You know, you generally would take you. He's going to be your second QB. Mm. Um, you know, and they 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 faced a good defense yesterday, right? You know, we were talking about the Colts as um, probably being one of the best defensive units in the league coming yeah, for this yeah. season, and so he's going he's, he's going he was going to struggle, right? Uh, you know, we saw him in week one. I don't know a lot of it was garbage time, probably even the production that came. But Thielen, Thielen's still there. They've still got Dalvin Cook. You know, they're, they're always going to probably generally lean more on, the, on that run game and, again, the play action. But, yeah, you, you know, you, you're never starting Kirk Cousins as your QB1. And if you are, then, you know, I think you've got other issues in your team. Yeah, and then other names who are injured but should be back soon. Tack McKinley, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. I know the Bills were missing three linebackers yesterday probably one of the reasons why the Dolphins were able to tie things yeah. up late um, <laughs> late there. But uh, I'm sure Bills fans and our good friend Steve Cerrone was probably watching, <laughs> thinking we're not yeah, going to lose to the yeah, Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll have a quick, really quick run-through of the games. Any, and you could just you know shout out any names that you think stuck out. So Browns-Bengals from Thursday night. Any any yeah. names that you think stood out or potential waiver um, wire? Well, obviously, you know, we talked about week one, but um, Nick Chubb, um, you know, 22 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. But Kareem Hunt also got two touchdowns, one on the ground, one receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I think they've got two very, very talented running backs. You know, I love Nick Chubb's talent. Um, you know, obviously, I, I was talking about fading him. Um, personally, because for this reason with Kareem Hunt eating into his workload, and I know he's obviously come off a, a two-touchdown game and had a, had a great game and you know, the talent's there. I think it's going to be a little bit game script, though. You know, In games which they're behind in, they're going to need to be throwing a bit more. I think Kareem Hunt's probably going to get a bit more of the workload and in games with their head and you know, going to run the ball down people's throats, Nick Chubb is. So, you know, he's still still a fantastic running back. Um, you know, he's going to have games like this, but yeah. I think think one name that really stands out to me in that, particularly in dynasty circles, is Drew Sample. Once CJ Uzoma, who actually had a productive game, but he got injured, he's on IR, he's going to miss the season. Drew Sample had seven receptions after that, and I think he had nine or ten targets, you know, for those seven. So um, I think that's a name you want to be adding on your... um, on your bench, at least, 
Uh, and Joe Burrow, he had 60, 61 passing attempts. They're not always going to have that sort of um, game script. I know Zach Taylor's a very aggressive, offensive mind, but I can't see <laughs> them asking Burrow to throw 60 times a game. But yeah, Drew Sample is a name I'd be looking out for. And I'm sure you're going to be mm-hmm. looking looking just now to see if he's available in any of our leagues. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bears and Giants. It was an ugly game. I think it was the lowest on the week in the end as well. Um, I thought David David Montgomery looked good um, yesterday. You know, he broke off that um, that catch and run for the touchdown, which is really a real nice, real nice run there. And he, I thought, I thought he ran with with purpose yesterday, and you know, hopefully, you know, we see a bit more of that from him. Yeah, and if you're in a Superflex Dynasty League, try and get Foles while he's cheap because Mitch just looked terrible. Um, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but he just looked so inaccurate, couldn't find... I mean, I started Anthony Miller in a couple of leagues and threw a goose egg. Uh, it's it's just ugly. I think we covered the Giants earlier with the various injuries they've had. Uh, so, yeah, if you can, <laughs> you can find somebody to give him cheap, then... Nick Folds is a guy in Superflex for me. Uh, Rams and Eagles. In fact, another name I've heard criticised, Carson Wentz. He had a bit of an ugly game. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, are you concerned if you're a Wentz owner? Yeah, I am a little bit. Um, that offensive line isn't, isn't looking great. He's not playing particularly well. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, on the flip side of it, obviously, he was the number two pick in that draft and Jared Goff was the number one. Mm. Jared Goff had a, had a fantastic, fantastic game yesterday, I thought. Yeah, he, he, and he really loved well. targeting Higby. Three three touchdowns all to Tyler Higby yesterday. Yeah, yeah this was, um, but this is kind of what um, happened back end of last season, right? When um, Gerald Everett was out, Tyler Higby obviously stepped up and was an absolute monster. Probably won yeah. a lot of people their leagues. Um, last year, and again, the same thing, right? Um, Everett, Everett was out. Higby, Higby essentially is their number three receiver, right? The Brandon Cooks kind of replacement, ro- ro- yeah, ro- yeah, true. You know, um, no, I like Higby, but when Everett's back, then I think his role does diminish, yeah. and even though he'll get the majority of the targets at tight end, you're still going to be sharing a little bit, yeah, yeah I think, but I still, um, still like him as a as a Titan one this year for sure. So we can't break down week two without talking about this uh, absolutely outrageous turn of events where the Cowboys beat the Falcons. Honestly, it, if you're it a was Falcons shocking. Fan, like you must be just how does it happen time and time again where you literally snatch defeat from the jaws of victory? You know, it's just ridiculous. Uh, and the crazy thing is, I can't even see any kickers trying the approach that uh, Zerline did because it was—it it just looked like it was rolling along, rolling along, like it wouldn't even make um, make it across the ten-yard line. I think the Falcons players were just as shocked because, in hindsight, they're probably thinking, "Why didn't I just jump on top of it? You know, why didn't one get in front to block it and then jump on top rather than watching it, watching it, watching it?" But it was crazy, and then even from there, they got into field goal position. I think C.D. Lamb drew the um, 
pass interference, didn't he, mm-hmm. on the cornerback? So it was wild, uh, absolutely wild game. Um, Dak Prescott. Yeah, so so Dak ended up having a monster game. I think he might have been the the top QB on, on the week, but, but he had three off. rushing touchdowns. Three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, so he yeah. started off with an ugly, ugly game. Right, they were fumbling the ball. I think Zeke had a fumble. Dak might have had a fumble. Um, I think first half maybe he was on you know single digit points. Mm. And then obviously second half just went absolutely bananas and. Um, see, we talked about Dalton Shorts last week in um, in the episode after uh, Blake Jarwin went down injured. Monty Very good game. Nine really, really good game, 88 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Yeah, so I think definitely, you know, go and go and get him if you can. Because, you know, I'm not sure it's not necessarily going to be like that every week, but he's definitely going to have some value there for sure. Um, if you own him, would you try and sell high? Would you accept a second for him? In the Titan premium, yeah, I, I think so for sure. Yeah, I think I um, you know, I think it's time to possible. cash in on him. Yeah, if you, exactly. him. If you can get out on him, yeah, then there's definitely going to be people out there looking for tight ends. You can yeah. get out uh, with a, a late, even a late second on him for sure. Yeah, absolutely, cash in. Um, yeah, but I mean, obviously, receiver wise, CD Lamb, Mari Cooper both had decent games. Marvel yeah, Gallup was quiet. Lamb actually led the team in over total yardage uh, on reception, so he had a good game. Matt Ryan had a good game, actually. It's a shame yeah. for him because I thought he was, um, you know, zero interceptions, four touchdowns. Uh, he even rushed the ball four times, uh, which is not Matt Ryan-like, but um, shame for him because I thought he had a great game. I mean, Calvin Ridley was just I, phenomenal, absolutely thing, so phenomenal. Obviously, I, I, I love Julio Jones to pieces, right? And, for me, still one of the top, top wide receivers in the league. But Calvin Ridley, for sure, definitely from a dynasty perspective, but even, I think, in redraft, Calvin Ridley's the guy you want to own this year. So for you know? me, there's very few players who warrant two first-rounders or more. I mean, you're talking your Michael Thomases, your CMCs, your Barclays. You know, they're more in the three first-rounders sort of value do you think ridley is now in that category you'd need to give up two firsts for yeah him? Uh, absolutely and you know so i was trying to acquire shares of him all off season we've talked about him being the guy that we think is going to make that sort of third year breakout yeah know, he's obviously done it last year and that but the thing with this is the falcons are going to be a team that are going to be throwing the ball a lot you know they're always near the top of the league in um, pass attempts they've got a very very good quarterback in matt ryan you know who throws the ball with accuracy and can get the ball down the field. Mm. You've got Julio on the other side taking away the number one corners in the in the off in the defense. Yeah. And um they don't target him in the red zone. So that that leaves all this stuff there for Calvin Ridley. And you know, he's two touchdowns yesterday. I think he had two touchdowns in week one as well. So Julio had one red zone target yesterday. And you you know who threw that pass, right? Russell Gage. <laughs> Russell really Gage. should have caught that. <laughs> it was tough, it, but yeah. It, um, Matt Ryan obviously has some beef with Julio, but uh, Russell Gage likes him. So if they play Wildcat, yeah. then you're in business. But again, um, like Russell, Russell Gage is another guy. You know, I I sort of I talked him up again off season, tried to get him off Mo. I think live on one of the podcasts. Um, I started him in a league this week, and you know. Six for forty-six and a touchdown. 
for a, for you know the third wide receiver in that team. I think he's going to have fantasy relevance this year because they're just going to be throwing the ball so much. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I think he's a decent, you know, flex player to have on those weeks. You need someone. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tampa versus Tampa Bay versus Carolina. I think we've covered the CMC injury and what that means for their receivers and the waivers. Uh, I think the biggest story for me outside of that, Fournette. Um, Fournette you yeah. know, we saw Ronald Jones had an ugly, ugly fumble. Um, shame for him because he had a nice. Um, he started touchdown. well. He started well, and of course he got the touchdown as well. And then as soon as he fumbled, it was like game over for Ronald Jones, and I think that's probably season done for him now. Yeah, and Fournette, you know, on only 12 carries, 103 rushing yards and two touchdowns and four receptions. So if you've been holding on to Fournette, waiting for that opportunity, I think Bruce Arians is a no-nonsense sort of coach and wouldn't surprise me if um, Fournette leads the team. But that was a really ugly, really sloppy fumble from Ronald Jones. And it's something that you thought he would have... He's had issues with in the past and unfortunately might come back to haunt him until something happens with Fournette or if he makes a mistake. Jets, 49ers, um, 49ers. Think, sorry, just in the just in the uh, the Bucks Panthers game, there's a couple of things, just other things. Like obviously uh, Mike Evans, um, seven for 104 on a touchdown. You know, I think him and Brady, once, once they get going, hmm. I, I, you know, Evans, people were really down on him this year. I think he's going to have a very good year just from what I've seen so far. I think they definitely want to get on the same page. I think Gronk is definitely someone you can probably uh, drop <laughs> drop back on, you know, if he starts picking it up again, you know, towards the end of the season, maybe look at him again, but not doing anything to warrant a place on your bench right now. Hmm. Um, DJ Moore, you know, had a nice game. And, and Robbie Anderson, I think, Led the team in receptions, obviously behind them. Um, actually, yeah, led the team in receptions. So Robbie yeah. Anderson seems to have a, a decent role there as well. Yeah, and we were talking about this coming into the season that Curtis Samuel had a bad, you know, uh, preseason, and the news out of camp wasn't wasn't positive on Curtis Samuel. So I think it is DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore is probably going to draw the number one corner on him, and I think Robbie Anderson's. Uh, should be rostered in all leagues, personally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jets 49ers, I think we've covered a lot of a lot of the implications um, of that game. Are there any Jets players you'd be comfortable in starting at the moment? <sighs> no. I mean, the only one to maybe keep an eye on, um, even, you know, from a dynasty perspective, but I think redraw potentially is um, LeMichael Pirine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, we look. He's a kind of guy you're taking in sort of probably third, fourth round of rookie drafts in, in dynasty leagues this year, um, with the hope that he sort of takes over from Lev Bell, given they don't really like him um, in New York. And yeah, three carries for 17 yards. They say, but at least you know he's getting some time. Obviously, Frank Gore is the main guy there. I just yeah, stay away from that backfield. Stay away from the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Jamison Crowder was missing yesterday. I think he's a player I'm still comfortable starting in PPR. But outside of that, I think that's an ugly situation um, at at the Jets. And the 49ers could be a tough few weeks as well with the various injuries they've got. Steelers-Broncos. We've discussed a lot of the Broncos injuries 
Steelers made a bit of a hash of this because they were up quite comfortably at, at one point. And, you know, Roethlisberger threw that interception. Um, he threw for 300 yards, but he didn't seem to have the best game. He, there's a couple of others where he should have been intercepted as well. I know there was the one, um, Ojemuida, um, should have intercepted him. So he should have been intercepted a couple of times. I know going into the season, we were all quite high on Big Ben. Do you still think he's an every week start? Or are you concerned? Yeah, again, I think, you know, he's probably been taken as your sort of second or third QB. I think with Ben, it's going to be matchup dependent. Mm. Um, you know, their, their defense is still looking generally very good. So that's going to keep them in, obviously, a lot of games. And and yes. I like that the um during the NFL coverage yesterday, I think it was can't remember if it's CNBC or Fox, uh one of the headlines was James Connor rushes for first hundred yard game of the season. It's like, okay, we're in week two and he's got his first hundred yard <laughs> rushing performance. Uh, <laughs> not sure what the prognosis was there, but uh still tickles me thinking about it. Mm. Yeah, I think um obviously just in terms of uh, the receivers there, obviously Chase Claypool had a, a really nice catch. Um, mm, really nice touchdown catch, yeah. yeah. That was really good. Uh, Deontay Johnson had a great game. That's uh, something we've been talking up all off-season as well. Um, yeah, he looked really good. So hopefully he can kind of grow off the back of that as well. I think the odd man out at the moment looks like James Washington. He seems more of the afterthought. Yeah. It, it's more Deontay and Juju. Which I think the targets. it's going to be the case, yeah. But again, I think James Washington still holds value. You know, he um, he get a decent week one as well. Obviously, I think it's going to require an injury to one of the other guys, but I still think James Washington, you know, might have some sort of sneaky sneaky value there. Mm. But um, Deontay Deontay Johnson's doing everything he can to sort of prove himself as the alpha there. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Juju still hasn't had his contract, so. James Washington might be a, a good buy low sort of player you could acquire for a third at the moment. Yeah. I think I'd give up a third for Washington just on the off chance that if Juju leaves, his role could increase. Obviously, they've added Claypool in the second for a reason, but uh, you know, I think uh, Washington's somebody that is worth rostering. And then from a Broncos perspective, I think outside of Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant, um, Another player I'd be comfortable with with starting there is Judy, but that's, you know, once he's back and fit. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that's going to be. Titans-Jags, quite an entertaining game in the end, actually. Jags really made a game of it. Ryan Tannenhill had a great game, four touchdowns. Derrick Henry was solid, if not spectacular, yeah. in the running game. Uh, the biggest biggest thing that came out of this was Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith, yeah. Two touchdowns. Uh, he's obviously a bit of a red red zone target there. Um, I, you know, I, I love Johnny Smith coming to this season, in, especially in tight end premium leagues, right? And yes, for this reason, especially with AJ Brown, I think he's their main pass catching guy. And even when AJ Brown's back, I think Johnny Smith's still going to have a good role. Yeah. And just to reiterate, if, if you're in league where he's still a free agent, James Robinson is a must, must own. Yeah. Um, I was helping one of my friends who's new to fantasy and just looking through his roster with him, saw James Robinson on the um, on the waivers. I said, add him now. <laughs> and I think we ended up dropping like Jack Doyle 
um, to get James Robinson. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Robinson should be rostered in in all yeah, leagues. Yeah, he's the he's the main back there for sure, and and looking good. Yeah. And uh, everyone thought Raquel Armstead, but no, Robinson's looking good. Uh, Packers and Lions. Uh, Rogers with an efficient performance, but this was the Aaron Jones show. Three touchdowns, two hundred and thirty scrimmage yards in total. Really, Sean. This, this, yeah. this is what he. This is why you have Aaron Jones in your team, right? It's, it's these games where he blows up for three or four touchdowns and essentially wins you a week. Yeah. Um, none of the receivers had a monster game. You know, none of them had a recept, a receiving touchdown. It was more on on Jones, but I think we discussed the implications if uh, Adams does miss any time. From the Lions' perspective, they they were down early, so they couldn't really rely on the running game. Um, none of the running backs really did much, and I know Kerry on Johnson opened the scoring there, but after that, it was all Packers for a while. Hawkinson had a decent game, particularly in tight end premium leagues, but. Outside of that, I think you're waiting for Kenny Golladay, and that's about it. And maybe Marvin Jones as a boom-bust play. Anyone else that stands out to you? Um, just from a dynasty perspective, Quintez Cephas. Um, mm. You know, from the first two weeks, it's encouraging that he's been getting targets. Um, you know, three for 54 doesn't stand out a lot, but he's a guy probably being taken right at the back end of rookie drafts, maybe even went unsigned You know, in some leagues, so... Uh, someone to keep an eye out there for. Yeah, definitely. One in a bit in age as is Amendola, so. I agree. Yeah, Cephas should be owned in Dynasty Leagues if you're playing deeper rosters, for sure. Uh, Dolphins builds uh, turned out to be an entertaining game, actually. Uh, Stefan Diggs was phenomenal Stephon. yesterday. Well, so, so what I'm going to say is this This is you know, last week we mentioned I think Josh Allen had his first 300-yard passing game. This week had his first 400-yard pass. <laughs> I mean, what a difference a top top receiver makes to what player, right? I mean, mm. Josh Allen had a monster game yesterday, um, four four touchdowns. Um, yeah, 400 you know, passing close, yards, close to 40 40 fantasy points. Yeah, I think him and Dak, you know, were, were vying for that sort of top spot. But yeah, yeah, yeah Stefan Diggs looks like an absolute stud. So. Eight for 153 and a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely love love the value getting him in all leagues, redraft and dynasty. As a as an Allen owner, I was concerned with moving from the Vikings to the Bills, but no, got to give it to the coaching staff. They're you know making Allen pass more, and they've actually got him an alpha receiver now in Diggs, and uh, yeah. hopefully that you know Diggs is a player I like a lot. He's like his talent a lot. I mean, Dolphins didn't go quietly. They brought Sicky, it back. You know, Mike Sicky had a monster. I don't know if you saw. Remember that, that cat, the one-handed catch he had as well. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah it really was. I mean, um, him, him and Dallas got it. You know, obviously with the two tight ends in that class, and both of them are showing just how good they are, and you know, going to be that sort of next next generation of um, yeah, Kelsey's and uh, Kittles. You know. Two weeks on the row, Miles Gaskin is the back that stands out. You know, yeah. seven, seven, five, but he got the most yards. He got six targets, or so six receptions in the passing game. Um, I think after last week, he would have been added in most dynasty leagues. If he's still out there, definitely worth adding. He looks like the most productive 
back. And you've got to bear in mind the Dolphins have just played the Patriots and the Bills. So two of the better defenses. Um, easier easier games will come ahead for that team. And it looks like Gaskin is the one taking advantage when all the focus was on Howard and Breeder um, earlier on. Yeah. Devontae Parker came in with a questionable tag, sort of saved his day with a touchdown otherwise. Five receptions for 50 yards. You're looking for a bit more for where you're drafting him. Uh, Colts, Vikings. Vikings were terrible. And I know we've touched on a lot of the players. Jonathan Taylor was fantastic. Phil Rivers didn't really do much. Um, oh, Ali Cox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Came out of nowhere uh, just after I drop him, of course. It's uh, funny because, um, you know, Jack Doyle was a bit of a sleeper for me in the off season. You know how much Phil Rivers loves his tight ends, but see injured but Ali Cox stepping up five for 111 yeah basketball hands would yeah. be just after I drop him um uh, Pittman, Pittman had a decent game yeah no but nobody really of note Nothing, I think nothing. all the receivers here would have uh, disappointed you well T, t- I mean T Y <laughs> I was shocked um how little T Y was used three mm. for 20 I'm expecting a lot more um, for him, especially in that game there. So, yeah, that's a bit of a disappointment. I'm getting a little bit worried about him. I think Frank Reich now knows what he's got in Rivers and, you know, that he's only throwing 25 times. Compare that to Joe Burrow, who threw for 60. You know, Dak Prescott, 45-46 passing attempts. Rivers was known as a arid-out kind of quarterback in the past. So I think they can see the deficiencies. Obviously, they've got a great running back in Jonathan Taylor who they can rely on but uh, yeah I, I, there's nobody in that receiving game who I'd want for this season personally I think there'll be games where Pittman has a good game there'll be games where Hilton has a good game there'll be games where Paris Campbell has a good game but uh, not liking what I'm seeing there and then you know again Thielen Jefferson all the receivers in that game would have yeah, disappointed you yeah Exactly. All the receivers. Um, last few games then, Cardinals look pretty good against a good defense um, in Washington. Kyler Murray with oh, another nice... Absolute star. His his rushing is... He's up there now. He's, he's up there with Lamar, with Dak, anyone. Josh Allen. Uh, that f- The floor, just from a rushing perspective, is phenomenal. He's added another two rushing touchdowns. Uh, I think we were debating... Um, Watson versus Kyler early season and we're quite split I think now it's no contest at the moment it, it, Kyler yep. especially with the with the um, Luke, quality Luke looks fantastic I mean I don't know what they were doing leaving him open in the end zone for that touchdown <laughs> yeah uh, probably as easy a catch as he's going to make all year and don't um, even though I wasn't his biggest fan, Drake's going to have better days as well. Um, he, he, I, I like this tweet out there for all the fantasy players giving him crap. <laughs> he said, drop me and you'll see what happens. <laughs> so I, I like that. I like that little bit really of like a that. stick. Uh, God, nobody from the football team really outside of McLaurin. McLaurin, yeah, which was going to be the case, right? Um, yeah. Antonio Gibson, you know, had a touchdown. Had um, most carries on the team as well. Again, it's going to be an ugly, um, ugly season on that side of things. But yeah, Gibson's obviously the guy from from the running back core, and obviously McLaurin from the wide receivers. Mm. 
Texans, Ravens. Um, I mean, Brandon Cooks finally had a nice game. Jordan Akins again, seven receptions. So in those tight and premium leagues, Jordan Akins now, I think, is proving himself to be a must-own. Yeah. I know Fell's got the touchdown, but Akins looks like the, the volume, yeah. The the volume guy there. Um outside of that, Randall Cobb, yeah, I don't even David Johnson had a stinker of a game. I know they're up against the Ravens and they're always behind, but um you know, Ravens didn't have to do that much, really. Um they, it they, was yeah, it was a strange game, you know, if you look at the um the rushing game as well from the Ravens. Gus Edwards had ten carries for seventy three yards. I think, well, other than Lamar Jackson, I think he led the team in carries. Yeah, Jackson um, doing what Jackson does, 16 carries, 54 yeah. yards. But Jackson had a bit of an off day for fantasy, you know, considering what you're used to getting from him. Yeah. But they didn't need to. They didn't need to get him to air it out. Um, Mark Andrews would have disappointed yesterday. Only the one reception. But that that's an offense I love, absolutely love. Um, the other the Ravens. Let's talk she, about quickly uh, Marcus Peters' interception as well. Oh, how amazing was that? Super, wasn't it? Yeah. One of the best interceptions I've seen in a while, actually. Um, just just dived. The timing, everything was perfect. Yeah. Um, brilliant interception. Chargers and Chiefs ended up being a bit of a dull affair. Chargers' defense played really well. Joey Bosa had a good game. But um, re- receivers had a good day here, actually, for the Chargers. Justin Herbert looked... You know, better than competent yeah i mean that catch that keenan allen had as well i mean allen had a good day after nickler had a had a good game as well you know i think they obviously said during the week they wanted to get in more touches and they definitely did i think joshua kelly 23 carries and uh two receptions is a must own in all leagues if mm-hmm. he's still out there on your waivers just like we said with james robinson joshua kelly should be owned now um sure. Justin Jackson is not a thing. Um I don't even know when he's back and if he will be a thing. Uh, no, no, Chiefs, no, Chiefs were disappointing. They sort of you know um saved the day at the end uh, getting yeah, into yeah. overtime but CEH had a disappointing day relatively uh, although he was used in the passing game. Tyreek saved his day with that bomb otherwise he was poor. Travis Kelsey Just had a good game. Yeah. Yeah. He, Really good game. But it's funny how we talk about Patrick Mahomes having a, a bad game. Uh, 300, <laughs> yeah. 300 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's basically been you know better than Josh Allen's had every game of his <laughs> A lot of that was <laughs> relatively garbage time or where they were forced to at the end. But yeah, I know what you mean. It, but it is funny. Yeah, but he, um, yeah, he, did, he didn't have a great game yesterday. You know, the, the pressure that the Chargers got to, got to him, yeah, they, they really made it difficult for them. And obviously cost us but yeah the Chargers going to cause some teams some problems with that without um, the defense defense, yeah Mm. and uh, lastly maybe the one of the games of the weekend uh, Seahawks Patriots Russell Wilson phenomenal again five passing touchdowns Uh, I think the player I've not seen the highlights uh, fully but I think the player that really stood out was DK Metcalf Sounded like he caused Stefan Gilmore more trouble than anybody has. And he had a really, really nice... If you get a chance, look at the touchdown he had. Uh, just just done. He just did Stefan Gilmore yesterday. Uh, Lockett with a typically Lockett game. Seven receptions, 70 yards. Got a touchdown finally. 
Uh, Chris Carson, decent-ish game. Um, from a yeah. Patriots perspective, Julian Edelman, fantastic game. No touchdown, but eight receptions for 179. Yeah, New record for him, actually. That's the highest of his career. And Cam Newton proving himself Cam, to be... Cam uh, looks fantastic. Yeah, you know, he's two more rushing touchdowns, one through the air as well. So from a fantasy perspective, definitely... Um, Definitely want to uh, roster if he's still available, I think. So that was week two. I said a lot of uh, a lot of players to add on your waivers. Uh, look out for. Hopefully those levels of injuries don't continue. And I think the biggest names to add will be Mike Davis, um, Dion Lewis, and then from a um, IDP perspective, probably Ziggy Anser. But then there's also the likes of Tim Patrick, potentially KJ Hamler, Golden Tate also to keep a, uh, keep an eye on. Uh, we did briefly touch on it. So um, thanks to all the positive feedback we had on the betting podcast, uh, all of us lost out on a parlay uh, or various parlays because of the Chiefs. But it does go to show, you know, if that one came in, would have won quite a, yeah, quite a nice we, bit of money. We all called five, five or six other games in the parlay, all correct. And that was the only one that yeah. down, but, you know. Yeah, it is six, uh, six result parlay or seven. I think six came in and Chiefs let me down. But um, anyway, uh, we'll be back on that later in the week uh, discussing the week three betting tips. So uh, for now, uh, that's week two in the bag. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's goodbye from me and Chiggs. See you, folks. Catch you later. <laughs>